Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, Kentucky's 4-0. Picked up a 16-10 win at South Carolina at Williams-Brice Stadium, a, a wild environment down there. It wasn't pretty, but Kentucky's 4-0, and that's what matters through the first month of the season. Yeah, I mean, if you're an optimist, you're looking at this and, and saying UK has yet to play its best football, and it's won every single game it's played. Um, you know, a deeper dive, which we'll get into, might suggest that if things don't change in terms of how these games are being played, that, uh, you know, the win-loss record might not be what everybody wants. But as it is, it's never easy. I don't care. I mean, this, this will be shade. I'm not saying it won't be shade, but, like, outside of going to Vanderbilt, pretty much every other road game you're going to play, I mean, they're going to have a crowd that's that's really juiced up, and that was the first road game for UK. We talked about it all week that South Carolina had put a lot into this uh, into this game. And um, really, I thought, Sean, from the opening drive when UK set the tone, it really kind of kept the crowd in check. Yeah, it, it certainly did. And, and the way that they marched down the field there on that opening drive, I thought that they were honestly going to come out and kind of open that thing up and score 30-plus and kind of run away with it, Derek. But the the offense has some issues and things. The, the defense really stepped up. And I don't know how many times that we've said this on this podcast. I know I've said it multiple times. I just don't know if I remember very many nights in my lifetime of where the defense is great and the offense is great on the same night. And Saturday night was another example of that. The defense, uh, you can't ask for much more. I mean, three fourth down stops. Every time that the offense would put the defense in a bad spot, Derek, the defense would step up and not only shift momentum, it just completely silenced that crowd down there. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the kind of game that both fan bases are probably kind of kicking themselves as to how the game went. Obviously. UK is happy to get out of there with a win, but I mean South Carolina had a chance. I mean, if you're UK, I guess I want to talk about the turnovers because that's just to me is the most glaring thing. Is that like that was probably as sloppy of a game as they've played yet. I mean, they was it had a couple bounces gone the other way. You know, you're talking about potentially having five turnovers on, and they only ran 66 plays in the game. So, I mean, that really cut down on the number of plays they had. Obviously, you know, four fumbles. They lost two two players coming to two fumbles, Chris Rodriguez and then Josh Ali, basically on back-to-back carries for Ali on the same play. Or, no, I think the first one was a screen pass, wasn't it? I actually can't remember. Yes. I've not gone back and rewatched the game yet. Um, I feel like it took all day to get home today. But, um, you know, could add five turnovers and – the big difference is, is it's true UK did not force any turnovers, but you know the turnover rundowns does not count in terms of the, on the stats as a turnover. But those might as well be. I mean, because you're you know getting the ball back for your offense, um, but but the other team not scoring. And multiple times UK was set up in a bad spot. The defense was, and time and time again they came through. But they got a little bit of help from Shane Beamer. Um, there was one, I think it would have been a relatively short field goal for Parker White that would have made it 13 to 10. He chose to go for it, and the pass was broken up, and UK went down, I believe, and kicked a field goal on the next possession. So that made it uh, two scores. So the defense, I mean, phenomenal. Uh, Mark Stoops said after the game, 
Brad White had a goal of holding South Carolina 3.7 yards per rush, and UK holds them to 2.2. Really good job there. And UK outrushed South Carolina 230 to 58. You're going to win a lot of games yeah. doing that. And I think that was probably, you know, I talked about some negative things with the turnovers. A positive thing, not so much. I mean, I do think it's great. Obviously, the numbers are phenomenal that UK held South Carolina to 58 yards rushing. I will say that has been a problem all year for South Carolina. So I think that's it's really good that UK, you know, kind of kind of fell in line, I guess you could say, did what it should have, is yes. how I phrase it, against that group. But I thought the more positive thing, and I told you this last night, South Carolina has a legitimate defensive line for, for kind of the deficiencies that that team has in some areas. They have, a, in terms of on-paper recruiting, on-paper accolades, and physical, like physically, it's a very big defensive line, and UK ran it for two thirty. I thought that was that might have been to me the most encouraging thing of the night was the way that they were able to line up and really kind of punish South Carolina uh, on the ground, especially that first drive. They went sixty five yards, just marched yeah. it right down on them. That was I thought that was huge. It, it was, and when you look, Chris Rodriguez, I know he had the fumble issues, Derek, but he finished with twenty six carries, one hundred and forty four yards, so he got back into the hundred yard column and. I haven't looked at overall numbers, but he was leading the league in rushing going in. I'm assuming he's still there. Have you looked to see? I have on not. Uh, oh. We'll we'll double check that. But he he's right there. I mean, five and a half. Uh, Cavassier Smoke. He became the 41st player in UK history to eclipse a thousand yards for his career. Had a really good run there on that first drive for a touchdown, Derek. And I thought that was good to see him. Uh, find the end zone as well, someone other than in Rodriguez. But there there were some positives, and we're going to talk about a lot of positives. But we all, we can't sit here and, and just shake off the the lack of ball security that we've seen through four weeks now. I mean, this has been an issue that's been there from the, from the opening game. And if it doesn't go away, Derek, Kentucky has defied the odds for the last four weeks. So I wrote three takeaways this morning. One was that they – did what they needed to do. We've talked all all off season. We talked about what they needed a hot start to go into October. Mission accomplished. And then I talked about the defense. But then at the end, it was Kentucky can't keep playing with fire, especially with what's coming up on the schedule. Derek, they can win against South Carolina, Missouri, these teams, and that that shows that I think Kentucky has the the ability to be a good team. That they're still winning ugly games. They cannot put the ball on the turf the next few weeks. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you. One quick note, Rodriguez has 520 rushing yards. That does lead the conference by 97 yards. So, yeah, um, or sorry, 103 yards. Next closest well, guy is Tyler Beatty. Well, how crazy is it, too, that he's done that against – he's had he's had his best games against yeah. the SEC competition and his yeah. worst games against <laughs> out-of-conference competition. But a lot of that, too, might be like just the scheme and what they schemed up going into those weeks. But – it certainly looked like on that opening drive that the run game was what they wanted to get established. Uh, let's transition here and talk about Will Levis a minute, Derek. Uh, I know going into this season, we we all assumed that Kentucky's passing game would be significantly better. It could not be worse. It is better. But what do you make of Will Levis's performance the last few weeks? And you and I were talking last night. There's really nowhere to go right now. It's either sink or swim the next few weeks and uh, I think what he does the next couple of games really depends on where Kentucky is going into November 
Yeah, last night was was the best that any team's done so far at taking the big play away. I mean, even against Chattanooga, they were able to hit on multiple 30-plus yard passes. Missouri, obviously, they had a couple big ones. And then UL Monroe, I mean, they threw it all over the yard on those guys. You know, the longest pass play last night was 17 yards to Wondell Robinson. And uh, I, I thought, you know, the average yard – per completion was was not very high at all compared to where it has been this year. It was only 6.8. So he goes 15 to 22 for 102 yards through the pick. Um, did did not think that was a good decision. I know some people tweeted at me after the game or during the game. They thought that there you know was a window there. I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, I still think that would have been an extremely difficult throw, and it made it all the more harder whenever he was like sliding like he did not have his momentum was going like away from the throw. Someone said that that ball was tipped too. Do you? I haven't gone back. I, and yeah, I didn't go back and look. I mean, there was definitely someone kind of. That's why he was having to slide. Obviously, is because someone was you know bearing down on him and he just had to take a shot. But I mean, we were in the stadium. I don't know what it showed on TV. As soon as he threw it, I looked down and like the South Carolina guy was like an outfielder in baseball, just tracking it down. I mean, it was yeah. an easy interception. So that's why. I, I'll probably phrase it wrong on my tweet. I said that, you know, it's a guy who wasn't open. Like, maybe a, a perfectly placed ball could have freed up Wondell. But it was not – I didn't think a particularly good decision. And um, the thing, I mean, that we've seen with Levis, you know, teams are going to play the way they have been the last two weeks. Like, you got to hit those intermediate routes. I thought he had some good throws, Sean. On the one drive, I think it was the same drive, he got popped on a pass that he completed to Wondell on the yeah. sidelines. I thought that was a big-time throw. Because, I mean, he knew he was going to get hit. And then he uh, had a pass to Wandale again over the middle. But I think part of it, too, you know, part of it is because they're turning the ball over. They're not getting to run as many plays. But it's like I don't feel like they're getting very many guys involved right now in the past game. Last night, five guys had catches. But two of them, you know, actually just pretty much three. You know, Rodriguez had two catches for five yards. Bates had one for 15, and Smoke had one for three. You're talking about two wide receivers who caught passes last night, yeah. Sean. Yeah, Wondell and Josh Ali, that's it. So, you know, they're not really getting the ball spread around to the receivers. Um, but last night, I mean, they, they did what they had to, and especially with that game kind of played out in the second half with the lead. It just made sense to pound the rock again. But, you know, they they had chances. I mean, if – I think back to, I mean, you can go through South Carolina fans probably going all through all the plays that had South Carolina done something different. The game might've been, you know, turned out differently. The, on the second drive when they have a third down and Levis throws it to Rodriguez out of the backfield. Yeah. I saw some people say it was kind of high and behind them. Either way, he fell down, but there was a ton of room. If he catches that, you know, UK is going to be back in South Carolina territory. Maybe he's feeling good. Maybe you can take a shot there. You know, they just, um, it felt very off last night, but I would say if you're a UK fan, you just should be so thankful every day that Wondell Robinson transferred back to UK because uh, – He's a difference maker. He is. I mean, he's he's the he's, one guy that you, you know he's going to get the ball consistently, and yet he still still produces seven catches last night and he had eight targets. So yeah. almost every single time they threw it to him. Yeah, and I mean, even if he wasn't 100%, which we don't really know exactly, you know, what it was and stuff, he definitely had a sleeve on that leg. Mm -hmm. Derek so there there was something there uh to that but he did play and he came up with big plays he came up with big catches you you got to keep him healthy you got to find a way to keep him involved 
uh, especially as they go into this brutal stretch here in October. But we can nitpick the turnovers. We can talk about all the negatives and stuff, but this team still found a way to be 4-0, yeah. and it's still found a way to be 2-0 in the SEC for just the second time, I think, since 1975, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, 2018 was the – Regardless of how it looks, Kentucky fans are certainly happy going into this week. Are there questions? Absolutely. But they've done what they needed to do, and I, I wrote this today – it's a to me it's a little bit of both is is Kentucky are they does it signal concern or does it signal kind of confidence too that they've been able to win some of these games playing the way that they have Derek honestly I still don't think that we really know much about this team right now I mean I think we're going to really know two weeks from now another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, that's kind I, of I the think tricky that thing. Will, I think that will answer a lot of questions. Like right now, I, I don't know like if it's a positive that they've won these games or uh, obviously it's a positive they won, but like is it a right. positive that they've won how they've won or is it just – is it concerning? I, I think it's somewhere in the middle. There's a line somewhere with those. Well, I mean, I, I truly think – I tweeted this during the game and I tweeted this at a time that it was – this the, the South Carolina game was – you know, it was still in question. They're – it, it will catch up to you if you turn the ball over three times every single night. You're you're gonna, you do that this weekend. I think there's a good chance they get crushed, especially yeah. with short fields, right? Yeah, I mean Rodriguez nearly fumbled inside his own five. Had Eli Cox not fallen on that, like that's disaster right there. Um, it, yeah, if they played a clean game, no doubt. I think they I think they'd have a great chance this weekend, um, at least to be right there with a shot in the fourth quarter to win, but kind of how I thought of it today when I was driving back is like, this is four games and like, it's not getting cleaned up. Like I said, last night was as bad as they've done yet in terms of putting the ball on the ground or turning it over at a certain point, you know, when do you become that that's, you know, what they are. And I'm not saying it's that time yet, but I almost wondered uh, to some extent, like the fumble issues, like you got to start thinking about this. I mean, every time you, like they've almost turned it over so much last night that I got to a point sitting there watching it that I was kind of like just waiting for the next one to go wrong. You know what I mean? And I kind of wonder for a player if that might, you know, might go through their minds as well. Um, Cause it's, it's a big storyline. It's going to keep getting talked about minus nine. That's, that's awful. I mean, it's, it's truly unbelievable in some ways that they are four and oh, you know, last night could have, certainly gone the other way but you got to give credit that's you know where the flip side is you got to give credit to to the defense and then even to the offense and then Matt Ruffalo you know hitting three field goals like you don't apologize for being four and oh however 
I do think you can realistically look at this and say, if this trend continues, they will not win any of the next three games. Yeah, absolutely. If if you cough the football up in the situations that they have, you're asking your defense. You're asking a lot of them. And fortunate enough, last night, Jalen Geiger had a really good night too, Derek. I know we he haven't did. even mentioned his name yet, but that that was a really impressive performance from him. Uh, Marquan McCall graded out well. I mean, there there were really a lot of guys on that defense. J.J. Weaver now with four sacks through four games. Uh, Kentucky had five tackles for a loss, two sacks. So that they're they're getting to the quarterback better. They're getting more pressure. I thought guys were closing to the ball really well. Uh, DeAndre Square had two huge plays back to back on third and fourth down. So you had multiple guys across that defense making plays, and you're starting to see some of that. But now I think. Going forward here, the next couple of weeks, you really, I think you want the attention to shift back to the offense and the offense to start playing well, because I think that's where they're going to really have a chance if they're going to win one or two of these games the next couple of weeks is this offense is going to have to put up some points, especially in this first game against Florida on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, I I think just the turnovers really just cut down so much on how many plays they could. I mean, it's three drives that – and a couple of those drives had some real momentum. Levis's pick came when UK was in South Carolina territory. It just crossed over. Josh Ali had a first down on his second fumble. Like, these are drives that, you know, you're establishing it. You can get into the offense a little more. It's kind of hard to get into a rhythm. Um, plus, field position, too. I mean, there in the first half, up until the defense got the fourth down stop, they were backed up. They started two straight drives inside their own 20. Or uh, – Closer to let me see when they started. UK started on its own eleven and its own sixteen, so backed up quite a bit um, to start those two drives. And the way you got, you know, they went three and out on the one, and they had uh, four plays on the other. Okay, yeah, so they didn't go three and out on both, but on on one they did, and uh, you know that kind of limits because you're trying to be protective of the ball right there you don't want to turn it over deep in your own territory so the way Liam Cohen had to call the plays was a little bit different but I mean I want to see the tight ends get involved more um just being real when you look at the stats and SEC games there is still not really a third wide receiver that I think you can try I mean this is going to be heavy Wondell heavy Josh Ali probably for the whole season and if anyone else can add anything then great but it's pretty obvious at this point you know, Isaiah Epps is not going to get a ton of targets. Um, I mean, who else is even in there? Demarcus Harris, uh, not going to get a lot of targets. Uh, I would think, uh, I would say I'm surprised if you had told me through four games kind of how little the tight ends have been used in the passing game. Yeah, I would have been pretty surprised. Bates had a nice catch and run last night. Cummings did a really good job blocking. Didn't have any targets, though. So, and then Rig, I mean, their starter didn't have – he's, he's had a super quiet year in terms of the passing game. He had the one big play against Missouri that got him down in the field goal range. But, you know, 22 pass attempts is not a lot, and they didn't really have a ton of success outside of throwing the ball to Wandell. So, the passing game is definitely still – it's still developing. But um, it was good. Again, I'd say my most positive takeaway of the night is how efficiently – and how productively they were able to run the ball. 5.5 yards per carry for Rodriguez and 5.6 for Smoke when he got in there. And then Levis, too. We saw more QB run from him last night than we've seen this year. He had he actually had the longest play of the game 
was his 18 yard run um, there when uh, Rodriguez is out. And I want to say this too, Sean, this will probably be about the last thing I have to say about this game. There was a chance in the red zone. And again, UK did go three for three in the red zone. That's kind of the thing. They still had four scoring drives, despite putting the ball on the ground. You would have liked to have seen more touchdowns, no doubt about it. Um, When they had that, and I think I remember this right. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but when they had the first single from the four, it was on the possession that Rodriguez had fumbled for the second time. So you did not have Rodriguez in the game there on any of those plays when you probably feel pretty good if you just turn and hand the ball off to him. He'll get you in the end zone. Yeah, so that was – I thought a missed opportunity. I mean, I would have liked to have definitely seen the offense take control. They had multiple chances. The defense gave them multiple chances to put that game away and put it in cruise control. And uh, they just couldn't do it, man. And I think that part was, was a little bit discouraging, but the end result is still a win. So if you, if you take away the fumbles and we'll wrap up here, if you take the fumbles out and I mean, even if, even the Levis interception, let's just leave that. Because that, that's going to happen when they're yeah. throwing the football. But if you take out the fumbles, I think we're having a totally different conversation right now. And there's probably a few more points on the board for Kentucky. But overall, like if, if they beat them 16 to 10 and they're playing clean football doing it, then we're having a different conversation. Well, I think the different conversation would be if they're playing clean football, they're going to put up far more points. They're, they're gonna, they would have scored somewhere near 30 yeah. points at least yeah. in that game. You're right. And, and I still think that that's why I'm not going to sit here and get too negative with it because you, you want to see them be better with the football and ball security, you know, and we've been saying that though, right? Like that's got to be the focal point each week. That was the focal point going into Missouri. That was the focal point going into UT Chattanooga. It was definitely the focal point going into South Carolina, Derek, but they're going to have to start doing it. Well, we're going to be talking on these podcasts about Kentucky losing games to Florida and to LSU and to Georgia. And honestly, a lot of these teams the rest of the way, if, if they play that way against Mississippi State, Mississippi State can beat them if they turn the ball oh, yeah. over that way. So you want to see – obviously, fans want to see that get cleaned up, and uh, I think it will. I, I just think it's so bizarre how Chris Rodriguez went through all last year without having a fumbling problem, even that last half of 2019, and now he's put it on the turf four times. Eli Cox has recovered two of them. They've not lost but one of one of his fumbles, one out of four. <laughs> which is so yeah. crazy. And then two, three of his fumbles have been at some of the worst spots on the field that you could do it. <laughs> so either it's given up points for Kentucky possibly inside the five-yard line or it's almost put South Carolina inside the 10 with a chance to score. So you you got to get that cleaned up. Uh, but it sets up a huge matchup Saturday night, Derek. Uh, Kentucky, I know in the coaches' poll, they're 23, Florida's nine. Kentucky's not in the AP poll, Florida's 10. But you have to go back to 2007 to find the last time that these two teams were ranked in any poll at the same time when, when the week that they played. And obviously, Florida and Tim Tebow won that game 45 to 37. So that environment at Kroger Field Saturday night, it should be electric. Absolutely. I mean, I think so, I mean, that's kind of the main takeaway. You know, no matter how bad it looked, um, any goal that they had, I mean, if you're you're sitting back there in the summer when we were, you know, previewing the season. This was the dream scenario: is that the team would be four and zero when Florida came to town. I mean, they're they're in a spot. You know, if they win one of these next two weeks, you go down to Georgia. You know, and I, I would say it's very, very, very unlikely that they'll win down there. But again, for what you're playing for, for the national attention, to have eyes on the program, you win one of these next two weeks, you know, you'll have a chance to be in first place in the SEC East potentially. 
um, if you can beat Georgia, or, or maybe not. I guess technically if they lost to Florida, and Florida only had one loss, which is Alabama, and then Kentucky somehow beat Georgia but had a loss to Florida, I guess Florida would technically still be first, right? Yeah. I'm not ready for all these yeah. uh, scenarios. <laughs> but you can, To me, you can claim second in the division this week if you win. Yeah, yeah. I would, well, yeah, I, I would agree. Florida's going to be in a very good spot. Florida's going to lose to Georgia. Yeah, I mean, if you beat Florida, then uh, yeah, I mean, Florida be staring at most likely three losses. And then Kentucky would have to lose four because yeah, they have the tiebreaker as well. And which, I mean, if they beat Florida, I mean, it's still doable. I mean, you you still got Vandy and still got some others, but Kentucky's got to get their issues cleaned up, Derek, if they want to have a chance to to beat Florida Saturday night, but. They've always played Florida tough outside of last year and 2016. So um, well, think of this. I, I wrote the story last week. They've three straight games against Florida. Uh, well, sorry, not three straight. Three, it was three straight from um, 17 to 19, right? From 17 to 19, they had a yeah, double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Yep. Lost two of those games. Both of them were at home. But, you know, this is a kind of team that I feel like the players, you know, they know it's a big game, and I think they'll come in no doubt ready. Should be close to sellout if it's – I mean, I don't – if you're a U.K. football fan, I don't know what else you could ask for in terms of wanting to get out to a game. I would I would think it'll be packed out, and uh, we'll spend, uh, you know, this week talking about it. We'll get some people on. We'll dig into Florida. Much different Florida team from last year. Uh, you know, last year they would sit back and kind of throw it all over the field, and this year it's – you know, this run defense will once again be tested they will. for the second straight week. They will. And may, be sure to get your mailbag questions in. We'll be doing that pretty quickly. Uh, I, I guess we'll get that up on Monday as well, Derek. So uh, just just looking at it, 4-0, if you write it down, it all looks the same. Yep. So Kentucky's 4-0. They're 2-0 in the league. They've done what they needed to do. Their mission accomplished for September. September success sets up opportunities in October. Now we wait and see what Kentucky decides to do with those opportunities. But as always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. If you can't make it up to Kroger Field Saturday night, make it up to one of those three locations to watch the game. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.